0: Welcome to Teaching Kindness, the Bullies Be Gone podcast. Every day, we see a battle of hate versus kindness. Bullies choose hate. But guess what, guys? Kindness always wins. Here at BBG, we dive into everything from overcoming bullies to building resiliency in ourselves. So come on in and learn how to live in a world where kindness is king. I'm your host, Nate Webb. Let's get to it. What is up, everybody, and welcome back. It is great to be at BBG. So, parents, I've been talking a lot about the dangers of social media and smartphones and Snapchat and TikTok and all that garbage, and a lot of you guys are realizing the lion is already out of the den, you know, cat's out of the bag. A lot of your kids have had smartphones, have had Snapchat since they were 10 or 11, and you know that just taking away their smartphone isn't going to work, but you still want your kid back. Well, my guest today is Andrea Davis, the founder of Better Screen Time. Andrea is an educator, and her job is to teach parents how to unring that bell to put the cat back in the bag and get your kids back. You for sure don't want to miss this episode, but first, got to pay the bills. All right, everybody, we are back. Guys, 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 today is going to be such a treat, so we all know. Smartphones, social media, all that stuff, kind of robbing kids of their childhood. But what about those older teens that they've had Snapchat? They've had smartphones since they were like how 11. How do we get back on track and get, the, get our kids back? Well, this is exactly what my guest today specializes in. Andrea Davis is the founder of Better Screen Time. And even with a degree in education, her biggest learnings have been in the tech trenches of being a stay-at-home mom she saw the red flags of technology and there wasn't anyone else to talk about it at the time so she dove in and it's now her job to teach parents how to get back on track and get their kids back so thank you and welcome andrea to the show
1: i'm so excited to be here nathan
0: oh i am super psyched to have you so first off how the heck are you and where are you coming at us from
1: Yeah. So I'm doing pretty good. Uh, We're here in Hood River, Oregon. So I'm an hour East of Portland and it's a beautiful place. It's very outdoorsy, which is one of the things that brought us here. It's it's kind of like living in park city or, or somewhere like (laughs) that. So we live in a really small house for that reason. There are seven of us my husband and I have five kids ranging from 16 down to six. And, uh, yeah, we're in tight quarters and we're all home now because Oregon is under a statewide freeze. And so Mm. my husband is even having to work from home again. And my older kids are all doing distance learning and I am homeschooling my younger two, so we are all here, all seven of us
0: in (laughs) 1500 square feet. And the, the state's not on fire anymore. We're good there. No,
1: we're good that way. Yeah. It's just been one thing after another this year.
0: My gosh. I know. I saw, I saw a post today. It's like, there's been a birthday this week. COVID turned one. I'm like, okay, you can die now. Happy one year old birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Andrea, how on earth did you go from being an educator, like a high school, college teacher to an educator of families um, in this awesome space?
1: Yes. So I taught junior high actually in Taylorsville, Utah, and then I taught college while my husband was attending Purdue. He was getting his PhD and I would go teach Spanish early in the morning and we would swap the kids. And then I decided to stay home with our kids. And so I've been home for a, a long time, just being mom and mom of five kids. And when we started our parenting journey, we just decided we wanted to be really intentional with media and really at the time that was mostly just television and computers. And right. so I had a good friend there at Purdue who was a voracious reader. She was just a really great reader and all of her siblings were, and I just asked her, I said, what did your parents do to instill this love of reading in you? And she said, oh, well, we didn't have a TV growing up. And Whoa. I just, I got curious. I was like, really? I wasn't quite ready to completely give up my TV, but I thought, what if we could just use the TV like an appliance? Oh. And so we <laughs> put our TV in a closet and we just left it there and we would pull it out for the Olympics or family movie night or, you know, things like that. And we have always done that. I And I can't believe that it's really like, 14 years later, because our oldest was probably about two or three when we did that. And that kind of became the norm. But fast forward, you know, just about four years ago, our oldest was going into middle school. We, we moved from Illinois to Oregon. It was kind of a crazy time for our family. And we handed over a smartphone to our daughter to just get in touch with us. I didn't know anyone here. It was a crazy time. We were trying to find a place to live and it was a phone and it was a phone. Right. And I thought, Oh yeah, just so she can get in touch. And she was super responsible. I mean, one of those classic oldest kid, you know, the oldest child. Right. And it didn't take me long, Nathan, to just realize that I had made a mistake. (laughs) I mean, it was months. But really, I mean, pretty soon there's different apps on the phone. And then instead of coming home and just eating a bowl of cereal after school and talking to me, all of a sudden there was this scrolling going on on the phone. And I thought, wait a minute, she's still just a kid. I mean, I've, I've taught middle school, like she's still, they're still just kids, you know, they're learning who they are, but anyway. And so we went back to the flip phone, but my gosh. Yep. That was a painful experience at the time. There was no gab phone, nothing like that. And it was really hard for her. It was really hard for us, but I, I still don't regret that it was so smart. And then I just realized, okay, where are these resources for parents to help them take this slowly? Because we can't guard them forever. Like I can't it's not like the TV where I could keep it in the closet forever because now all of a sudden technology was at school, technology is at my, my kids' friends' houses. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's really,
0: really how it started. Gotcha. And so you were just doing it on your own. Cause there's no one there. I mean, there was no, there was no big names out there, people doing trainings, like people like you are now to help you. And so how did you go from, I mean, it started out with you just helping your own family. And yes. then it turned into your, your, your livelihood where along the way did, did, it turn into this big thing that you're doing now?
1: Yeah. Well, I still think, I mean, it's still growing. I still feel like we're just, this is just the beginning. We're just getting started, but, um, it started with conversations with my kids and just the teacher in me knew that there had to be a better way to, to share these resources and mm. to teach my kids. And, I would watch, I would read and watch a lot of just thought leaders, people like Simon Sinek, and he talks Mm -hmm. a lot about starting with why,
0: and that really
1: inspired me. And I thought, oh, awesome. Yeah, I do too. And his Ted talk is so great. And I thought, well, what if we could apply that principle to these conversations with our Mm -hmm. kids about pornography, about bullying, and we can talk about why instead of just What? Because when I was searching the internet, it was mostly, "This is bad." The rules, yeah. (laughs) Here's the rules. Here's the cell phone contract. Right. Move on with life. And I thought, Mm. you know, where where's the teaching? And so I started doing that that with my kids. And then, yes, I did. I do love business. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so that Mm -hmm. part is kind of exciting to me. Right. And I thought, well. You know let's let's combine this let's help my family let's help other people's family and and see where this
0: goes really wow that's so awesome um and you, you've i'm just like oh so thankful for all the work you're doing i have a two-year-old and
1: Aww. and
0: a baby that's going to be coming on tuesday um, that's
1: amazing oh my Christ.
0: goodness um and like yeah super terrified of the teen years but i'm so thankful for like the resources that are going to be out there to help me along the way. I can't even imagine trying to navigate that. Just nothing, just blind, just swinging in the air and hoping I'm doing something right. Exactly. Um, You have a unique perspective when it comes to limiting screens and tech for kids. I mean, we've seen a lot of those contracts and those like, here's the rules, just a big long list of don'ts. Um, But you kind of have a different approach. Um, You've developed this kind of relationship-based focus on all of this. Um, So yeah, let's talk about that. What is your approach to helping untangle these teens?
1: Yeah. So yeah, specifically with our teens and older teens, you know, they're really, I I love just studying the brain and understanding what's going on in their brain. If you haven't read the book, The Teenage Brain, I highly recommend that. But really they're trying to figure out who they are and Mm -hmm. trying to establish that independence. And so from a the perspective of a parent, knowing that that's so helpful, just knowing that we can't just force rules and and shove rules down their throats. It's not really going to work. And also just knowing that the most important thing is to preserve that relationship and keep the relationship intact. Mm -hmm. And that I also felt like that was what was missing. And I don't, it's not like I tell everyone, Oh, if you use a cell phone contract, that's bad. No. But I just don't think it's the best way to invite a, a invite collaboration and right. to really work together. I think it's definitely a way to bring a wedge in the relationship. If we just lay down a piece of paper and we say, okay, you abide by my rules, or else I take your phone away. And then we're really giving the phone a lot of power. We are. And then they're going to sign it and say, okay, give me my phone because <laughs> they'll sign it so they can have the phone. Anything for the phone. Yeah. And so I think instead, the strategy that's working well for us is to, we actually created a pledge with our teenager. And mm. I talk about this in our course on Tangling Teens in Tech, but really you're helping your teen identify their values and what they, how they want to live their life online and offline. And why that is, why that works well is because then they kind of have more of that intrinsic motivation to you know, develop their talents, develop their skills, not waste time and, and to live their values instead of you maybe imposing what you think they should be doing or not doing. And then as part of that pledge, I actually wrote my part to not freak out Mm. and to, you know, be the supportive parent, even when things do go wrong because they will, and they have. And so what's my part of that pledge. And I also think that's part of maybe what was missing sometimes with these contracts mm. was it was just very structured. And, and as a parent, what's, you know, what is our role in all of this? So.
0: Gotcha. I really love that. Cause I mean, I feel like it's really important to when we come up with that agreement, that pledge, it comes from both the, the child and the parent, like it's, yeah. it's supporting both of their values because I mean, kids, I mean, their BS radar, whatever you want to call it, that thing, yes, that thing's crazy strong. Yes. And the moment that they know <laughs> that you are imposing what you think to be right on them, they're like, all right, forget it, whatever. Here, where's the yep. outline? Give me my phone. Um, and then a big part of this though, like you mentioned, you know, we're talking about committing our kids to getting to do better with their screen time. Um, and that's what most of those contracts are, right? Like, here's mm-hmm. what you're gonna do with your screen time. Um, but these pledges and these agreements. The parent side is something that I really love. You know what the parents are committing to do? Yeah. Because that way our kids can call us out and <laughs> yes. like, hey, yo, so remember when, like, if they ever come up to you and they're like, so remember when you promised you wouldn't freak out on me? You yeah. know, something's probably not so great is going to follow that. Right. But also, know that <sighs> you kind of committed to that. So I, I really like that.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: want, why are parent reactions so crucial? Like, I feel like the the way a parent reacts when their kid messes up can either make or break their relationship.
1: Yeah. Well, and I'm learning this. You know, I, there's I don't I definitely don't have it down because I think being a mentor to teens, as I have been in the past, both as a teacher and just like a, a youth volunteer, mm-hmm. it, it requires a whole different skill set. Being the parent of the teenager. But really that reaction is so important because we want them to come back to us the next time something goes wrong. And, and then too, we don't want them to just turn to Google when they've got questions and they need help because who knows what they're going to find. And likely those answers aren't going to line up with your family's values. And so if they're willing to come to you, it gives you the chance to be the first one to say, Hey, you know let's let's talk about this and and really just kind of listening giving giving them the chance to share their thoughts and to listen that's so so important
0: man ah yeah I'm just thinking it so I'm a high school counselor right and I know so many kids that they're like x y and z happened but you can't tell my mom because she would freak out on me and I'm like (laughs) well hey I don't want to get sued so I'm probably going to call your mom um, but B, <laughs> you should probably tell her yourself because she loves you. No, she's going to freak out yeah. on me. I'm like, oh man, the trust with kids is so vitally important. And parents, we get it. None of mm-hmm. us, none of us. I mean, I apologize to my two-year-old today for raising my voice at him. Like all yeah. of us are going to struggle with that because yeah. we are humans. We have hair trigger reactions and we, do. we get triggered, we get triggered. You're going to yell, yeah. you're going to mess up it's okay. Apologize to your kid and move forward. That's what these agreements are all about. Yeah. Um, Bringing your values together. Yeah, Um, for sure. So what are your, like your top three or four best practices that families can do to create a more tech healthy family?
1: Yes. The best place to start is with really your spouse or partner if you're married, because it's really essential to get Kind of on the same page, you're not always going to agree on everything. And I like to tell parents that that's okay. And that that's normal because I think we think, oh, we're, something's wrong with us, or we're not going to be able to help our kids if we don't believe the exact same things, but actually in a way it can be helpful because you can balance each other out And really that's what our kids need. One extreme or the other is not going to be helpful when it comes to technology. So if we completely restrict everything, especially as they get older, that often is going to cause, you know, a teen tree bell. And on the flip side, if we completely just say, well, I can't control this. So I'm not even going to try,
0: Mm -mm. we're going
1: to lose our kids because
0: Yeah. Hope is not a good strategy.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the pull of the screen, the screen is way too strong. Yeah, And so, um, so that balance actually is really helpful, but you've got to come to some basic agreements when it comes to how you're going to handle tech in your home. So that's really the best place to start. And then next after that, you can bring that discussion to your kids. And we, we share all of this in our new book, creating a tech healthy family, which, you know, people can find on Amazon, but you start with this discussion with your kids and just make a thumbs up list and a thumbs down list. So, Hey guys, what are all the things that we love about technology and your kids Mm -hmm. will know they'll. And even your teens, you can get your teens in on this conversation too, and make this list of things that we love about technology and why it's helpful, and then make a thumbs down list and your kids can share all the reasons why we've got to be careful and what are the pitfalls of technology. And they, they also know that, I mean, they're growing up in this era and you've probably already had a few discussions about it. So that's a really good place to start. And then right away, like the next discussion, you can start fam forming a family tech plan Mm -hmm. and the reason why that's so helpful and why it's important to do with your own kids is because you can customize it to fit your family's needs Mm -hmm. i think if we go online and we just print out someone else's plan or some generic rules and post them on the fridge it will have no meaning whatsoever to us and and we're not going to follow through with it but if you work together with your kids and create a plan together then you've got that accountability for the parents too. And I know that was helpful for Tyler and I, my husband, as we were doing this with our kids that then I needed to be accountable about not taking my screen in the bedroom either right. or into the bathrooms. And that was huge. And we, we really made that switch about three or four years ago and I haven't gone back. And it's, it's really, I think it saved me in so many ways. I mean, it, I've gotten better sleep. It, it helps to relationships it gives you a, a sanctuary or a place to go where the screen's never going to be there. There's going to be no pull to social media or to YouTube videos or whatever <laughs> it is that the pulls you in, you know, right who, right? who we all have our different things, but that's really a good place to start. And then, and then you just say, build those relationships. And there there's a reason why our motto is worry, less connect more with your kids. And I think that there's a group of us parents, and these are, this is a group of parents that I specifically am trying to help that we tend to worry a lot. And so when we read the research, like glow kids or reset your child's brain or, or whatever, we start right. to panic a little bit. and that's not good either because then we're parenting, <clears throat> excuse me, from that place of fear. Mm-hmm. And so, um, really just thinking about, okay, how can I make this easier to work with my kids so that I'm not worrying about it? And I'm going to instead spend all that mental energy and time on, on connecting with them instead.
0: Wow, man. I hope you guys are taking notes. Anybody who's listening, (laughs) all, all 32 of you or whatever. Okay. Like start off with your partner, with you and your family, and then go and talk to your kids. So you guys can come out with what values you value And then Mm -hmm. make a plan and so what are some aspects of a tech plan for a family i know every every plan is going to be different but what are some like basic concepts of a tech plan
1: yeah so i like to keep things as simple as possible and so we share this in our book but we just talk about what when where and how long okay and i think that's a really simple way to build a plan together So the, what would be like, what do we do on screens? What are maybe some things that are appropriate and what are some things that aren't, and we talk specifically a lot about the three C's. So, um, connecting and are we connecting, are we consuming, or are we creating Mm -hmm. and creating, if we're creating and we're connecting, then those can be healthy and positive uses of using a screen and consuming we want to limit. So consuming can be okay in small amounts. Like maybe we're all even just watching a family movie together. That's consuming, but we're all doing it together and it's a shared experience. And so you can have that conversation with your kids about those different uses and then talking about where again, setting some screen free zones and places in your house Mm. is so important. I'm a huge advocate of not taking screens into the bedrooms or bathrooms. That includes parents. Right. So what we decided for our family that works well is that my husband plugs in his phone by the bed, right, right before bed. And because he uses it for an alarm clock, but we had decided together that the phone wouldn't get used in the bedroom. Mm -hmm. So he's not watching videos on it. I think, again, I think we all have our own thing. Like he really likes to watch dirt bike videos on his phone. So though that no longer happens in the bedroom, he doesn't use any social media at all. I don't think he ever will. so that's (laughs) never going to be a problem. He doesn't even have a Facebook account. Um, bless his heart is amazing that way. So, but for me, that is more of a pole where I'm wanting to connect. And especially now that I am running better screen time, I really have to have those boundaries in place so that, and I know, you know, this, I mean, having a family, you want to make sure that you're putting your time and energy where it matters most. And so that, that was really helpful for us. And then it was also helpful because our kids and teens didn't have any devices yet. And so we were able to kind of get that habit in place early before now my older teen does have a phone. And so that's really helpful. And then just talking about, so you're talking about where, what, you know, when, what are some times a day that we're not going to use screens. And even one thing that's been helpful for our family is to talk about, okay, so um, there should be a certain number of hours a day or a time a day when we don't use screens, mm-hmm. there should be one day a week when we're kind of stepping away, mostly from screens for our family that Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then there should be several weeks in a year where we're stepping away, especially from optional technology. So that would be anything like social media, video games, mm. um, you know youtube all of those things and and so you can make that distinction with your kids and right. and talk about that and i i think they notice that when i'm modeling that if we go on vacation in the summer and i just remove instagram off my phone that's the best way for me to handle it they notice that and i feel it because i'm more present i'm more available and all of those things can go in your plan and it's it doesn't have to be set in stone at first you can just experiment and and try things out.
0: I love that. I love that. Keep it simple, guys. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. Just come up with some basic rules that you and your family can both agree on and that everybody can abide by. How can you expect your child to do something that you are not yourself willing to do? Yeah. Um, So, man, I love it. So, So my whole platform on Instagram, you know, bullies be gone and everything it's, it's about empowering bully victims or just people who've been treated unkindly um, and changing in the environment in which bullies are bred because no one's born a bully, right? That develops over time and it's important and it's mostly because they have low self-confidence and a lack of sense of Mm -hmm. self especially Mm -hmm. with social media shouting at them what they should look like and what they should do. And social media is trying to tell them who they should be, especially if they're consuming it way too often. Now, I know that you have a whole course dedicated for helping kids develop a sense of self. and I mean, just, just kind of briefly, Spark Notes version kind of thing. What are some just basic things parents can do to help kids develop that sense of self so they're not looking for it in places like Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and crap?
1: Yeah, well, I think it starts early. And, we, you know, when our kids are young, really giving them the opportunity to experience great literature and to experience music that's uplifting Mm -hmm. and to spend time outdoors and to develop their skills. And I know all those things seem like, oh yeah, that's just good parenting, but really we have to be so much more conscientious about that now, because if not, the screen completely fills that void.
0: Oh yeah. Because
1: everything's available 24 seven. And so if I'm not consciously trying to bring those things into our home and into our life, then we could easily just all be watching YouTube all day or whatever <laughs> that might be. So I think it, it does. It starts early where you're helping them develop their skills. You're helping them develop their talents. You're um, really taking the time to just have family dinner together you know, I know you mentioned this the other day, going on a walk together, having these screen-free rituals where you are really connecting with each other. And in those moments, that's when you get the opportunity to tell your kids something that you saw that they did really well, Mm. or really, you know, rewarding them talking about, um, I saw that you were working really hard on your math assignment. And I know that's a lot, it has a lot to do with that growth mindset, but instead of just always like, you're pretty, you're, you know, whatever complimenting those kinds of things. Instead, we can really compliment those core values of them, you know, their work ethic or, you know, any number of things. And I think that's a good place to start too. just your kids are going to believe what they hear. And if you're just their best cheerleader and not in like a, I don't know, overdo it kind of way, but just right. sincerely really complimenting them and pushing them along and making sure they're getting those opportunities for growth. I think that's so important. And then really talking about how do we want to treat other people and the golden rule and how, how do we want to be treated? And I think that um, serving other people Is a great way, don't you think, to develop that sense of self, that strong sense of self. And I think even especially serving someone of another generation, like, because I think that can be a little bit uncomfortable for kids and teenagers to maybe even talk to an elderly person or try to connect with them and have that conversation was such an amazing skill. And I've watched that as I've seen my older kids have to... It's uncomfortable, but have to have those conversations. I think in those moments, they're developing a strong sense of self and, and, um, and just having a family culture, talking to your kids about it. Actually, the last discussion in our book is called craft a vision. Mm -hmm. And I talk a lot about Stephen Covey's idea. That's, um, to begin with the end in mind. And uh, you can do that as a family, like thinking about, well, what do I want for our family? And I think, like I said, putting that TV in the closet, it had less to do with the TV and more to do with the fact that I wanted my kids to be amazing readers. And they are, you know, it's like all these years later, I look at them and, you know, when I go to say goodnight or I tuck them in, everybody's got a book. And I, I just love that. And, you know, for every family that might be something different. That really, truly just beginning with the end in mind, you can build that sense of self as your, as your kids grow.
0: Oh man. So many gold nuggets in there. Everybody's listening. Like it feels so simple yet. It's incredibly complicated at the same time because kids are kids and holy, wow, are they complicated sometimes, (laughs) but I mean, basically comes down to like spending that love and time with your kids to help them, to help them find them along the way. And, and being conscious about it. There's no such thing as being an accidentally good parent. Right. Like you need to be trying. That's what good parents are. Parents that are trying, that are being conscious about their efforts. And knowing that any moment that you are passive about what you're doing is moments that your kids are going to fill that void with a screen mm-hmm. or with something yeah. that's going to tell them who they are, which may not be who they are. Um, yeah, yeah. So I love that. Oh man. So many good things in here. Oh, my
1: gosh.
0: So, oh, this has been so, so good. Thank you so much. So, okay. How can people find you? What are the courses they should check out? Shameless plug time. What's going on?
1: Yeah. So our website is better And the way that I know best to help people as a stay at home mom of five is to put my teaching to use. And I've created a couple of online courses and everything I share is family tested, I don't ever write anything up and tell pe- parents to do something that I haven't already done myself. And so our first course is creating a tech, healthy family. And I actually use a lot of research and ideas from people who talk a lot about habit formation. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, atomic habits by James clear, Yeah. but I use a lot of his ideas and, and other people that I've reached out and asked for permission. I said, Hey, can I use this and apply this to technology? And, and so our course creating a tech healthy family I helped the parent get their tech habits in place first, and then work with their kids through these discussions. And we have a lot of expert calls in there, but really the end goal is like, end the screen time battles and give you peace of mind. Yes. That's what I'm wanting to give you. Gotcha. And then we've got a course untangling tangling teens in tech. And I, like we mentioned before, it's a relationship first approach. And my goal is always to first strengthen a relationship with your teen, but along the way, create some tech boundaries that you can both live with. And so those are both on, you can find those both at betterscreentime.com, And then of course we are on Instagram and Facebook as better screen time. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um, so, yeah, guys, go check out um, Better Screen Time on Instagram at Better Screen Time. Um, go follow them. Check them out. They'll definitely help you out if you have any questions. Um, and that, all that is going to be in the description of the podcast episode. Um, and Also, for your daily dose positivity, go follow bulliesbe.gon on Instagram. And always remember, you are wonderful, you are worthy, and you are worth it. And we'll see you on the next one.